Good morning, small business owners and entrepreneurs. In my experience, business owners and entrepreneurs are creative, tenacious, um, passionate, uh, visionary, and these are the traits that help us overcome the obstacles that small business management and operation will present. But it also means those same traits um, mean that we're not always the first people that will ask for help. And so over the course of 2020, I've taken some time to look at my own journey and my own struggle with asking for help. And I've come up with some thoughts that I think will be helpful to business owners overall. Um, you know, for example, when should you hire a consultant? Uh, how do you know what to hire a consultant for? And then finally, I'll share some services uh, that I've, I've purchased or that I've had people uh, provide for my company over 2020. And finally, three consultants that every small business should have. So let's get some help. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense live stream, where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical, sustainable action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking proven business principles and applying them in ways that are useful to small business owners, just like you. All right. So if we, if we talk about this whole concept of, um, what consulting is and when we should use it, obviously, um, in the beyond 50% context, I'm a consultant. So I have a vested interest in, in, uh, describing the value of consulting, but I also want to talk about how as a business owner, I've used it successfully and not, not so successfully in the past and specifically over the course of 2020, where I have had an opportunity, uh, to look at some of the business operations that I have and focus on or bring in expertise to help with those things. So, uh, one of the, the core principle here is, is really about understanding value. Where do you add value as a business owner and where should you look for help? Uh, and that's sometimes that's difficult for us as small business owners to grapple with. And, and I am no exception to that. And we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and, uh, I got some help with that. Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about where that came from. So the first thing I want to cover is what is a consultant in the first place? Well, Wikipedia has a very good definition and I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, but it's basically a person who provides specific expert advice. And, um, usually this comes in a specific field, business management, obviously marketing, engineering, each of these things, um, has, a, a lot of expertise or a lot of background, a lot of education or experience that is required to build a body of knowledge that, uh, can help make you successful. So that's the basics. A consultant is someone who provides specific expertise. Well, uh, it, 
and and it's that expertise that really matters. Uh, and so if you if you look at uh, some of the things that we use as maybe individuals, um, dental, medical expertise, we don't think of our doctors as consultants particularly, but they are. They don't work for us in the context of, of having somebody on staff. Most of us don't have a doctor on staff. So there's someone we pay when we need them for a specific issue I don't feel well, so I'm going to the doctor, or I need my teeth cleaned, so I'm going to the dentist. Those are very specific things we use, and we require or hope that the provider has specific expertise that they can provide. And so uh, we do use these uh, as as people, and we, we don't always call them consultants, plumbers, you know, uh, carpet cleaners. Each of these people has a specific set of expertise and value that they bring to our home or our business. And, uh, so we're, we actually do use consultants on a regular basis and in business, it's just as important. In fact, I would argue it's more important to understand where you can use a consultant and why it's valuable and why it's helpful. Um, and so you can even go so far as if you, if you have, um, uh, for example, in Directed Energy, one of the companies that I, I own, um, we provide engineering or uh, we have high-tech products and that requires engineering. So we have, uh, you know, you have to have engineering resources. Those are very specific talents. So is an employee a consultant? You're paying them to bring an expertise. Now, when you get into the point where you have somebody on staff regularly, obviously we don't consider them consultants. But in reality, if I'm not an engineer and I don't bring that to the table and I bring somebody from outside in to do that, it's not that far uh, of a, of a stretch to say that is in fact a kind of consulting. Um, so, so just to kind of broaden it or, uh, bring it back, a consultant is someone who provides you specific expertise. That's it. Okay. And so the question for business owners is when do I need one? When should I, uh, hire a consultant? Um, and, uh, so the, uh, lost my place here. It's been a while. Uh, since I think I took the end of summer off and the end of summer turned into eight weeks. Uh, so, uh, getting back into it. So what, when should we hire a consultant? The, the answer to that is actually not very complicated. Um, it's, you know, do you need expertise that you're not objectively qualified to provide? And I want to, I want to talk about that in a second. And second, is there action that needs to be taken in your business that you simply don't enjoy? And we'll talk about each of those things. So first of all, expertise that you're not objectively qualified to provide. And this one is probably the one that, that small business owners are going to struggle with the most. Um, and, and I particularly, um, you know, I'm a DIYer. I really like to do things myself. Um, and, and part of that is because I enjoy you know, learning new things and trying things out. 
And part of it is I want to make sure that I keep costs, you know, as, as uh, low as I possibly can um, within reason. And that's the problem. It's the within reason part that, that causes us trouble. So um, when I talk about objectively qualified to provide, what I mean is, for example, in 2015, when I started beyond 50%, I created a logo and it looked like this. Okay. And I liked it. I got tied to it and, uh, objectively, I'm not a creative designer. I'm not a logo creator. I'm just somebody who happened to have Photoshop. Uh, and consequently I came up with that. It meant something to me, but, but, um, uh, isn't maybe what we would want, you know, long-term. And we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show when I talk about my own experience. So I created that particular logo, uh, but I'm not, no one pays me for creative art. So how do you know if you're objectively qualified to do something? Well, if somebody pays you for something, then you could make the argument that the objectivity comes from the other people who are willing to pay you for that skill set. So for example, I have been in business doing business since 1989, seven. Yeah, seven, um, with a small stint in the Navy, but my entire career has been based around being paid to be a business person. So objectively, I'm qualified to run a business and to help others run businesses. But I have never been paid to make graphic art. So I am not objectively qualified to create a logo. And, and so that's what we have to look at is, is what, and there may be other qualifications, you know, maybe being paid to do a particular thing isn't the only qualification, only qualification, but it is a very good one. So if you're not being, if you've never been paid to do the thing you're trying to do for your business, you might want to rethink it, put it on the list of things to potentially get an expert for. Okay. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Um, so ob- objectively qualified, that's one thing. Second of all is, is it, action that you are qualified or that you enjoy taking. Now there's going to be some people who are going to, and, and there is a balance here and I want to make that clear, but there are going to be people who tell you that you should never do anything that you're not highly leveraged to do. And I'm going to say you need to enjoy your life and it is okay to do some aspects of your business that you enjoy, that you are not necessarily the best qualified to do in the world. For example, I am not the best qualified to create video and audio content. There are people who make a living doing that, but I enjoy it. And so learning how to set up the camera and the lights, all of that, learning how to edit, all of that is very interesting to me. I enjoy it. And so 
I think it's important to say, okay, this is part of what I can do for my business. And so the, the, the goal there is to get competent at the things that you enjoy so that you're not just, you know, uh, flying by the seat of your pants when you're trying to present something, uh, or, or work on something for your business. But I do think it's okay to prioritize and say, okay, these are things that I enjoy doing that I want to, I want to go ahead and keep doing. Let's, let's be honest. We can't get a consultant to do everything in our business that we're not perfect at, that we're not objectively qualified to do. We have to prioritize those things and figure out what makes sense in our business situation. All right. So that's really important. Those are the two criteria. And it really is to me, it's that simple. Are you objectively qualified to do it? And do you enjoy doing it? If, if, if you don't, uh, hit one of those targets, then it's time to start figuring out how you can find outside help. And we, uh, you just have to look at the things that you need, the impact on your business and who can help you, how much it's going to cost. Because at that point, when you start engaging someone outside of yourself, it's going to cost you money and cash matters. As we all know in business, cash matters. So, uh, but we want to keep it, uh, fairly simple. So you identify things that need to be done that you're not qualified to do, or that you're not, uh, excited about doing and find, uh, expertise to help you and then work with those people to find, uh, or identify the help you need in the scope that you can afford. And that's another thing that's really important is how do you identify scope and keep that scope, uh, appropriate for your particular, uh, business. All right. So I want to, I want to bring this in a little bit and personalize it so that you can kind of get a sense of, of how this might play out in, in your own business and how it played out for me so far in 2020. So my adventure started, um, uh, early on in the year when I wasn't getting the results that I was hoping for with, um, my website and, uh, marketing and, so, you know, I struggled with it a lot. I started messing with the logo, uh, which we'll go over again in, in a moment. I started learning about, uh, web design, trying to figure out ideas and ways to, um, optimize the website, learning about call, where to put a call to action, what a call to action should look like. You know, do you go for a long form parallax homepage or do you have you know, do you try to fit everything what they call above the fold? And so there's all these decisions that you need to, to make. Um, and so I was trying to learn how to do all of those things myself, um, uh, rather than get somebody on board. Well, at, at some point, um, and, and I shouldn't say this particular part started in, uh, 2020, um, Sometimes you need somebody who loves you enough to tell you something you don't want to hear. And so my wife has been telling me for a long time that my logo needed help. And I've sort of, you know, I, 
I thought I would have been objective about it, but if you go for three years fighting a battle, you're not going to win. You're probably not objective. And so, uh, finally I engaged, uh, uh, a company here in Fort Collins called toolbox and they were very toolbox creative and, uh, they were very helpful. And one of the comments that, uh, they were, they were very nice. But when I explained that, that, uh, my wife had suggested that I needed some help with my logo, they didn't overtly agree, but they made it very clear that I was in fact in need of some help. So, uh, and, and that experience led me from this logo, which I developed, as I said, in 2015, to the new logo developed by a professional organization in 2020. And there's a tremendous difference in design and um, uh, creativity and meaning without being too secretive. You know, we don't want to go Illuminati or whatever on, on our logos because they need to have direct meaning to our audience, not necessarily some kind of secret code. But there does, there is a lot that goes into the creation of a logo. And so, uh, let me get these guys out of here, but, and you can still see the new logo right uh, there. So the idea is, you know, that experience actually really kind of, uh, loosened the dam for me, loosened the log jam for me in terms of getting some help because I had been so tied to doing it myself and not bringing in outside help, um, which is ironic. I know, um, that, uh, I, I just, I hadn't done it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't know how to do it in terms of, you know, I hadn't really thought about, well, how do I, how do I get this stuff done? And so going through this process of getting the logo redone by professionals gave me uh, a sense of what could be done by someone who really knew what they were doing. So the next thing I did was I said, all right, let's talk about SEO. Let's talk about web design. Let's look at copywriting. And so I'm in the middle of dealing with SEO and web design right now. The website is still what it has been for a number of, well, certainly since the early 2020. Um, but that process I've engaged and, uh, feel really good about the results that we're going to be working on and, and getting, um, the, the problem for DIYers often is that we don't understand enough about the tools and enough about the techniques that are used to get the, to get the results we want. And, um, you know, one of my core beliefs is, is respecting the time of visitors to the website. And I know there's a lot of attention that goes to, you know, you want people on your website as long as possible. Well, really I want you as on the website, as long as you need to be, if you're engaged in, in reading the blog, if you're watching live stream episodes or listening to audio versions of them on the website, I'm happy for you to do that. In fact, I'm, I, I, that's why they're there. But if that's not why you were there, if you're trying to find contact information or, or something like that, I don't want that to be difficult. And right now you could make the argument that it is not as easy as it should be. 
And so we're working through some of those things with the design. And then the other part of it I, I alluded to earlier was um, the concept of SEO. Uh, I had some misconceptions that I had lived with when it came to SEO. I'm not going to go into the details of that. Suffice it to say that I had bad information. I was wrong about it. And I am really glad that I have uh, engaged a company to help with that. And as soon as those things are complete, I will start to talk about maybe, um, uh, you know, specifically who, who did that work for me and, and, uh, what the results were. Um, so, so those are things that are in process. The other two things that I started working on were copywriting and, um, I, I, I've done all the copywriting on the website myself and I certainly write all my own articles and, and the show notes for, uh, for the live stream, those things take a lot of time. And so what I did was I, I went to a copywriting company that's, that specifically works and, and does show notes for podcasts. Um, and I engaged them and said, Hey, can you do, you know, the, the show notes for my live streams and podcasts? And I did 15 episodes and, um, that was not a good experience. Um, the, the, uh, and, and that just, that doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. It's part of understanding what you need from a consultant, um, and how to, how to work through that relationship. Um, the, uh, so the show notes for there's 15 episodes of the live stream uh, that you'll see dramatically different show notes than what, than the ones that I've done, which are the most recent ones, including the one for, for this episode that'll go up later today or tomorrow. Um, those, and, and they're different in ways that I don't think were, were helpful. Um, and, and so there's, there, there are times when you're going to outsource something, when you're going to get a consultant in and, and something's not going to go well. Um, this is not necessarily the fault of, in this case, the copywriting consultants that I used. Um, it may be that I didn't identify my needs well enough or my expectations. Um, or it could be that that's just not a good fit, that they're not the right consultant. And I went probably a little too far in, in terms of doing so many episodes with them before I said, okay, this is not really what I want to do. Um, but I don't regret it because it was an experiment that I needed to go through to realize what I did want specifically, you know, what should my show notes look like? What should be incorporated in those and, uh, start to, uh, uh, really solidify that process for myself. So I thought that was helpful, even though I didn't get the result I was hoping for, and certainly didn't get the uh, result of having somebody that I can just reliably say, Hey, watch the show, write the show notes. This is what I want and be done with it. Um, but that could still come. You know, I, I did that process. It didn't work like I wanted to. I've kind of had to st take a step back and we'll try. Well, maybe I'll try again and we'll see. Um, but I did do, I did have somebody do some copywriting for the website that is not yet released that I really feel good about that, that they did a really good job. 
And uh, so, you know, I had a really good experience from that perspective. And again, I'll, when we launch the new website, I'll talk about that a little bit more. So, so my own journey, I, I guess the results of that are that um, I've really had um, an eye-opening experience bringing people into my business. Um, and let's face it, for small business owners, that can be a very personal thing. Having somebody come into your business, you know, they're, they don't necessarily share your vision or your dream. And um, what you've done is very personal to you or can be. Um, like I said, I didn't think I was too tied to this logo, but when I came up, when the uh, company came up with this one, I realized how far afield I really was. So uh, it, I think it's really important to uh, get the right people, you know, the right consulting uh, expertise into your business. Uh, and that takes time and it, it, it can take, a you know, having that experience where you said, okay, I want to have this, this group copyright for me and then realize that maybe that wasn't the right choice and you have to go, okay, that's not a good, a, a good partner for me. I'm going to go find another one, go back to the drawing board. Maybe you have to do it yourself again for a while. Um, you know, the last three episodes, uh, the two, the two special episodes that I've done and this, this one, I'm going to do the copywriting and we'll see, you know, we'll see if I can find somebody else to do it. Um, but it was all good experiences and it, it, um, uh, really gave me some perspective around what, uh, you know, some things maybe I took for granted that I was doing okay, that really weren't okay enough to get the results that I was hoping for. All right. So three consultants that every business should have. And, um, this is, these are, are services that I think, you know, almost before you sign the, the documents, making yourself a company, you need to have these three, three things in place. All right, so what are they? Well, the first one is legal. You need to get a lawyer that you trust. And lawyers get kind of a bad rap. Um, I actually really like my lawyer. He's a really great guy. He does a great job. And um, he has saved me money and time and commitment to things that I shouldn't commit to um, on numerous occasions. So, uh, I think that, um, you know, one of the, there's this, uh, you would really like the law to simply be, well, it should be easy enough for all of us to understand. And I would like that too, but the reality is what we have to live with and the environment in which we have to do business. And the reality is that the, that the legal framework around business, around contracts, around partnerships, all of those things, uh, terms and conditions, privacy statements, you know, it just goes on and on. Um, all of those things uh, have become complicated because something didn't go well for somebody. Okay, 
And you could do a, 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 well, people make a living parsing out those details. So we won't do that here. But the point is the law has gotten complicated because of the history. And so having an attorney who can go through your contracts and help you identify, you know, the, the bylaws for your business and, um, uh, look at the terms and conditions of, you know, your terms and conditions or the terms of conditions of your customers. If you're selling business to business, oftentimes you're going to have, uh, things like that, that you need to look at. Um, you know, one of the notes I read down here is Reddit is not a legal firm. You need to be really careful about getting advice for any legal issue from anyone but a lawyer that you're paying. So that's the first one. Get a lawyer. The second one is get an accountant. Um, you don't necessarily need to have a bookkeeper. That's a convenience if, you know, and if you have the, the resources and you can, you can have somebody who's putting those entries into your books, but typically things like, uh, QuickBooks and, and, uh, the, uh, online bookkeeping, uh, programs and softwares, they make bookkeeping fairly easy. You can do it with your phone. You can do it with, uh, you know, a tablet, you can do it on your computer. Um, you can automatically download things. So you don't necessarily need a bookkeeper right away, but you definitely need to at least consider having an accountant that you can talk to that you trust. You don't have to talk to them every week. Um, I do strongly encourage you to use them to help you set up your books in the first place. If you're not familiar with that kind of, of, uh, setup process, um, and to help you create the transactions that you use on a regular basis that aren't very, very easy. If you go to, uh, the office supply store and you get pens and you, and you, uh, expense those to office expense, that's pretty straightforward. You can do that without an accountant. When you start talking about payroll entries or depreciation, fixed assets, um, uh, things like that, uh, a lot of the, um, uh, the entries on your balance sheet might need some help from somebody who really understands accounting. So like I said, you don't have to have somebody on staff that's doing it. And you don't have to talk to your accountant every day, every week, even every month. Once your business is set up, I would encourage you to review your financials at least monthly and review them with your accountant quarterly. If there's anything that changes or, or that you don't understand. And certainly if you don't understand anything on a monthly basis, if there's something that comes up, look at that find out, talk to your accountant, or if you have a transaction that comes up, um, let's say you normally accept cash for products and then you ship them. What if somebody prepays you and you're not ready to ship yet? And that's not what you do normally. So you don't really know how to account for it. So what do you do? You have somebody you can call. So always have an accountant on staff or on hand to, uh, to work with. And, oh, and Make sure your taxes are done right, right? So that's an important one as well. And then finally, I'll go ahead and plug my own industry, and that's business operations and management. Business is a craft. 
just like accounting, just like being a lawyer. It takes experience and training, specific education. And a lot of times I think people get into this trap of what starting a business means that you understand how to run a business. And we have some kind of discomfort with being a business owner and not knowing the, the nuances and some of the, the critical principles of running a business. And, uh, you know, consequently the business failure rate in the United States is 50% every five years. So only 12.5% of businesses make it to 15 years. And so, so there's a lot of evidence that we as business owners don't always understand how to run and operate a business successfully. And so that's why I would encourage you to think about, go back to what I said at first, what are you objectively qualified to take care of? And if you are a baker or you run a pet shop and you're very good with animals or you're very good with pastries, that is your core value. And that's what you need to be doing for your company. There are people who are experts to help you in other areas, the law, accounting, business operations, and management. Those are the three that I think are every business should have those. All right. So practical action, what are we going to do as a result? How can you take this information and move it into your business right now today? The first thing, get a lawyer, get an accountant and get a business pro to help you. And that can sound kind of overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. Find referrals for every single one of those things. Get with people who you trust, who have used those services and uh, ask for references. Say, who's your lawyer? Do you like them? Um, a lot of people might not like their lawyer. Uh, like I said, I, th I think you should talk to enough lawyers to find one that you do like. There are good lawyers out there and, and um, uh, most lawyers uh, that focus on business are um, just regular people doing a job and, and they don't deserve their bad rap. Uh, get an accountant. The same thing applies. Find somebody you trust who has an accountant that they like or a service firm or a, um, an organization that can help you identify an accountant. Um, and, and some of those things can be local, uh, community, small business advocacy groups, um, the, uh, small business association, um, the SBA or small business administration has offices in, in, uh, a lot of municipalities, the SBDC, uh, small business development center, uh, is also run by the Small Business Administration, and they often have resources that can help you identify those things. Your Chamber of Commerce, uh, resources like that that can help you find uh, uh, trusted experts. And the same thing goes for business operations. Um, look to those people, uh, to groups, to referrals from friends and, uh, I was gonna say friends and colleagues, be careful of friends, colleagues who have used the services and gotten value out of them. Those are the people that you want references from. 
So that's the first thing is, is put it on your list to start identifying those things. It doesn't matter if you don't need a lawyer today and you don't, and you're in the middle of a month and you don't want to talk to an accountant today. It's what we're trying to do is get a group of people that you can trust, that you can start building a relationship with and, you know, sit down with most of these people will sit down with you for a little while, get to know you, help you get to know them without charging. And, uh, honestly, if, if a provider for small business services doesn't want to sit down with you for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour and get to know you and let you get to know them before they start billing you, you probably need to keep going, you know, just look somewhere else. Um, and, and that, at least that's, that's my view. Um, so, uh, let's get those three things in place. Look at what you are objectively qualified for, you know, look at that for your own business and say, what would people pay me to do? What do people pay me to do? Okay. And provide that for your business. And what do you enjoy doing? Okay, maybe you provide that for your business also, but we're going to keep it kind of in the middle bucket. And everything else, we need to start finding ways to get experts to help, whether that expertise comes in the form of an employee, which is great if you have the uh, volume of work to keep an employee busy uh, and you can bring someone on with the expertise to make that happen, that's great. Otherwise, Find somebody to do it part-time, whether it's a virtual assistant to help you check email or whether it's an attorney. You know, it, it you just figure out what you need and find the most effective way to fill that gap in your business. And uh, I think that's about, about it for that. Uh, there are a couple of resources that I will link in the show notes. Next week, episode 49, we're gonna talk about starting up a business. Um, you can make a whole podcast series about starting up businesses probably more. So we'll cover some basic concepts that, uh, so if you're just learning about business and you're thinking about starting one next week, will be the show for you. Um, I'd like to thank you for watching. If you found this, uh, video helpful, if you're watching it, uh, on YouTube, uh, please, uh, like it, share it, uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, hit the little bell so that you can be notified when we're scheduling new content. I try to schedule content in advance. Um, we do this every Thursday at 10 AM, uh, uh, mountain time. So you can at least kind of, uh, put that into your calendar. Uh, so if you hit the bell, you'll be notified when we schedule new content. You'll also be scheduled, uh, notified when we release new content, uh, when that goes live. So, uh, please, please consider, uh, sharing, subscribing, and liking the video, comment on the video. If you, if you disagree with something I said, or if something I said was confusing or is different in your, in your particular experience, please share that with the rest of the community. And, uh, and we'll, uh, we'll have a conversation. I, I watch the comments on a regular basis. So, uh, please feel free to, to share there. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, I would really appreciate a five-star rating. If you love the show and, and you want to help get, uh, get the word out, a five-star rating helps 
the iTunes algorithm, uh, increase the visibility of, of this uh, live stream as a podcast episode. Um, if you don't want to give me a five-star rating, consider emailing me at go.beyond at b50p.com and telling me why. Uh, that feedback helps me make the show better. Um, and then uh, hopefully you can watch the show uh, in the future or listen to the show in the future and find uh, that it's worth a five-star rating. Like I said, we're live Thursdays at 10 a.m. And uh, uh, if you're interested in learning more about Beyond 50%, uh, visit our website at beyond50percent.com. Uh, and you can schedule a complimentary one-on-one to, to get to know us and for us to get to know you, see how we can help you uh, improve your business performance. I'd like to thank you for your time and it's time for me to get back to work. <laughs>